Bald Man Campus is presented by QuickBooks. New business? No problem. Success starts with the Do-It QuickBooks. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. That's QuickBooks.com. Bald Men on Campus. With Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Welcome to Bald Man on Campus. I am Seth Greenberg, and it is Final Four week. We had an incredible, incredible semifinal, obviously, with one of the great games in the history of the Final Four, maybe that Duke-North Carolina game, and then Kansas basically took care of business. Jay Billis, you were on site calling those games for ESPN International to the world. Turner gets to speak to one country. You spoke to the world. Give us your thoughts. Not only are they bald and beautiful. Bald! You're bald! They all have very large brains. Quick as smart. It's time for Knowledge Gained. Well, I thought it was a great couple of games. Uh, I really enjoyed being there. And the, the setting was fantastic, but... The temperature was certainly higher in the second game, even though the Superdome is one big meat locker. That is the coldest building I've ever been in. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> God, it's such a meat locker. But but it was great. Um, and the 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 second game between Duke and Carolina uh, was so intense. You know, I don't think it was maybe the best played game in the first half, but the second half was fantastic. Guys were making shots and uh, it went back and forth. I think there were 18 lead changes in the game. And uh, it's funny, though, when uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again, but I didn't get the feeling after the game that it, that I, I knew it was a great game and loved every second of it. But I wasn't thinking this is one of the great games in the history of the, of the national semifinals. Like last year, UCLA and, and Gonzaga, I thought was one of those. But but it's amazing what the Duke Carolina, you know, thing adds to a game, you know, it was that much more intense. And uh, and then then Kansas was fantastic. Um, they, they they never never trailed. They were only threatened once, I thought, uh, in the second half. And they Villanova cut it to six. And then Christian Brown knocked down a couple threes and slammed the door. It was over. But Kansas is going to be formidable uh, for North Carolina. Uh, I, I'm, I can't wait for the title game. It's going to be a, a, a great fight. No, I, as you guys know, um, I'm thrilled to be here in New Orleans because it's my first experience uh, with the Final Four. But uh, to, to Jay's point, uh, with the Villanova-Kansas game, I never thought that Villanova had a chance to take a lead. And it was interesting because when David McCormick picked up his second foul, is when all of a sudden they started to make a bit of a charge. But yeah, Christian Brown knocking down those big shots late uh, was huge. And I... I it was interesting because just emotionally going into that game, knowing that they'd be playing without Justin Moore, who had ruptured his Achilles tendon uh, the game before, there was a bit of an emotional letdown for me with regard to uh, that game, knowing that Villanova wouldn't be at their best. But uh, they did what Villanova teams do is they battled and uh, contested and competed, and uh, but just not enough against Kansas and, and Duke. And Jay mentioned it earlier. The second half was absolutely spectacular. I mean, the shots that Caleb Love was making. And you remember, Seth, I looked over at Stu when uh, all of a sudden the game was just felt a little funky at that time for North Carolina. And I was like, Caleb Love's got to get going. And that dude got a couple layups, got got a chance to see it go through the rim. And 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 the 
that shot that he made with Mark Williams, who's seven feet tall, fully extended, running at him with 25 seconds to go in the game, was absolutely incredible and emblematic of what he did in the second half. 22 points in the second half in a critical game like that. Really, really impressive uh, display by Caleb Love. Yeah, I agree with both. Yeah, I mean, I think both games. I mean, uh, Dale Wilson and Christian Brown, I think, like, we always talk about Redney Martin. We talk about, obviously, establishing David McCormick. We talk about Oh, try it, how good he is. But those two dudes, Wilson and, and Brown, are, are really just a tough matchup. I mean, they really are because of their size, their versatility. Both can drive it. Both can make a shot. Both rebound the ball. Both are very, very good passers. And that's going to be interesting in, in, in tonight's game for sure. And then I thought Trevor Keels made two and three shots mm-hmm. to keep Duke kind of within distance. But Caleb Love just happens, man. That dude, he takes tough NBA contested shots. And, you know, he might miss those same shots. I mean, and, you know, he might miss those same shots. But he's not afraid to take them. Like, he's not afraid to step up and and make those plays with the game on the line. I thought R.J. Davis in the first half was terrific. Obviously, Caleb Love with the second half. Just real quickly, Jay, now let's get to the championship game. Uh, you know, I've heard some of the things you post on social media on on Coach. To me, obviously seeing him and, and Mickey drive off in that cart as they were leaving, uh, like college basketball is going to be different without him. It really is. My question for you is, what were your emotions? And then my other question would be, the one thing that went through my mind, uh, I coached for 40-plus years, woke, woke up every morning, with a sense of purpose. What can he do to make Duke better? I mean, in terms of single-minded focus, and I know he has his gardening and he know he likes to go to Vegas, all that, and all that stuff sounds great, but uh, he poured his life and his heart and his soul into it. When do you think the game of Cameron and the game in the championship, when he, once he takes care of his team and gets who's going, who's coming back, he's handing the keys over to John Shire. Where does coach go from here? So I'll give you the stage because, I mean, uh, I, I thought about that. And seeing that picture of him and, and Mickey, it, it kind of hit me. It made me a little emotional. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I mean, like, wow, like, when are we going to see coach, you know, he called it the arena. It just it kind of moved me a little bit. Yeah, it was an interesting contrast in emotions. You know, you you see a, a valued friend at Hubert Davis win a game like that and go to a chance to win a national championship and – you know, his family, his team is jumping around and celebrating. And then uh, you look over and Coach K is walking off the floor for what's the last time. Um, but, but you know, for a, for a guy whose legacy is secure and has won so much, you know, you, you see people, we see people and have been through it where, you know, you win, you lose. And competitors have to accept what goes with losing. And I I was broadcasting the game and, uh, and so I wasn't like completely in tune with every emotion that I would have, but, uh, I wasn't sad. Uh, it was more, you know, I, I, I've said it before. I, I mean, I have a feeling of gratitude about it. Uh, I mean, having him in that position for 42 years has been extraordinary, but I don't worry about the next thing for him. I mean, he's 75 years old and you know like your your point is a really good one about you know kind of what's your why but at 75 your why is going to be different than it is at 45 like he's got a bunch of grandkids and you know you want to enjoy your time but he'll still be present in the game 
I think he'll still be heard on important issues. And I hope because he's going to have more time to devote to that. I hope the game is smart and listens. And that goes for the NCAA that goes for all these different, the rules committee, all these things. I hope they listen, but, but that's for a separate day, but I don't, I don't worry about, you know, what he's going to do or, you know, whether he can handle, you know, this loss or all that stuff. He he's, he's dealt with this kind of thing uh, a lot, but he he's had, he's had six times or five times. He's had five times. He didn't have to worry about handling a loss. And, uh, and very few people have ever had that. So I think, I think he'll be just fine. Rub those bald heads like crystal balls and take a look into the future. All right, we got a championship game. Go yes, uh, I love your taste and decor, by the way. Look at your background, oh, yeah. big boy. We all have the same. We all have the same <laughs> buck. Karen, I stuff I did this morning on sports, and she goes, "We have that same picture in our room." Shocking, <laughs> isn't it, honey? <laughs> I said, Sorry. "Thanks, honey. That was great information." Uh, servant. Championship game, Fonz. Armando Baycott, obviously, he's he's been historic in terms of his ability to rebound the basketball in the tournament. All right, let's say he plays. Let's look best case scenario. What are you looking for in this game? Well, that that's the first matchup that I'm looking forward to, Seth, because we've seen it at times, even in this tournament, when Armando Baycott goes out of the game, it just changes them. And they become one-dimensional because they don't have a guy. Brady Manick can post, and obviously he does a great job uh, in those role situations. And, they, and there's a switch that takes place, and he's got a little guy he goes to work down there. I absolutely love that. But uh, when Armando Baycott goes out of the game, it takes away their inside-out game. And so I'm interested to see how his health is going to be there. And he's playing against his Kansas team that plays faster than fast. And what I mean by that is on misses and makes, they really push it. David McCormick sprints the middle of the floor tries to get uh early deep post up position down there and so it, two things if if he's healthy he's got to stay out of foul trouble because it impacts them tremendously not only in the offensive end but you take away one of the great rebounders in our game and, and then it takes away a guy who can pick up a couple fouls on david mccormick because obviously david mccormick's coming off of a uh career uh game in his last game having 25 points against villanova so armando uh, baycott is crucial to North Carolina's success tonight. And if he's hampered or gets in foul trouble, uh, could, could be could be a tough sled in there for North Carolina. Yeah, if he doesn't play, if Armando Bacot doesn't play, I don't see Carolina having much of a chance to beat Kansas. But if he plays, and if he plays the way he has been playing, uh, he makes North Carolina formidable. I mean, Carolina's three-point shooting uh, has been so good. Their defense is obviously much better than it was a month ago. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be here. They're, they're actually really guarding and playing tough and and rebounding. Leaky Black had nine rebounds yeah. against Duke uh, and was terrific in a lot of different ways. But but they 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 have such a short bench and they can't really go to it. And who, if Baycott doesn't play or if he can't play extended minutes, what are they going to do? There's not enough firepower there to to beat Kansas. Um, but, uh, Kansas is going to have to do a really good job of guarding the three point line and whether it's all the, the stuff off ball screens, whether it's in transition or it's Brady Manic along the, along the baseline, pick and pop and, or heading out to the corner, like that corner shot he hit with his heels above the sideline was crazy. one of the great, 
it was one of the great shots that I can recall because he's on the balls of his feet with his heels hovering the sideline and still had the balance, strength, and touch to make that shot. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Love's shot is going to be this iconic photo forever, but I'm not sure the you know that heel shot over there shouldn't be uh, <laughs> should be second place. But you know, I, I favor Kansas in the game by just a just a, a little bit. Uh, but, um, but if Baycott's, if Baycott's not, if he's less than 70% or whatever, that's going to be a tough sled. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's interesting if, if, if Baycott can't play and they can get McCormick and foul trouble, this is going to be a six, seven and under game. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean this, this is going, didn't they have a league at one time, like six, five and under, this is going to be like a six, seven and under game. I mean, a bunch of floor gamers running around making the floor, you know, making plays the matchup I'm interested in. I'd be interested in your, your guys' opinion. Leaky Black, he's got to guard Ochai Baji, right? He's got to guard her. But you know what? That puts Caleb Love on Christian Brown, who rebounds the ball, uses his size. And by the way, Christian Brown made a couple big shots himself and does make big shots and then let everyone know about it, which I absolutely loved. I mean, mean, he has, you know, like he's he's got an edge about him. Christian Brown's got an edge about him that's, Man, I'll tell you one thing, it's it's pretty special. Like those two threes were huge. But Abaji, Leaky Black. Leaky Black is he might be the best all-round defender left in the tournament. The other thing that is the ball screen defense. Kansas really did a great job against Villanova in their ball screen defense. In fact, I, I went and looked at that point eight points uh per possession in their ball screen defense. And and let's face it, you're gonna play Carolina right now, you're gonna have to defend. R.J. Davis and Caleb in those middle third ball screens. Yes. Uh, you guys have watched enough film. You think they're going to, excluding Dave, they'll switch one through four. But it'll be interesting to see how they guard those. Because I saw R.J. Davis reject some in the game the other day mm-hmm. and accept it and turn it and skip it. I mean, he was he was clinical, clinical, especially in the first half until obviously Caleb t- took over. So... What do you guys? I mean, you guys think that Leaky Black's got to be the Ochai Baji matchup? Obviously, they're they're, they're going to play off of Leaky like like Duke did. I thought Duke's game plan there was great. But what do you guys think of that matchup, Ochai Leaky matchup? I'm not sure there's anybody else. You, you, I mean, you could you could put some other guys on them, but I wouldn't choose to put anybody else on them. I mean, I, I think actually Caleb Love. Uh, is is bigger and stronger than he gets credit for. So I think he can guard Christian Brown. I think he could guard Abaji at times. Because, um, you know, when the the teams that have had success on Abaji have face-guarded him yes. and tried to run him off the line, no help at all off of him, because you can help off DeWan Harris, you know, and you can help off of uh, Jalen Wilson because neither one of them are shooters. Mm-hmm. And they can make shots. You know, but same thing with Leaky Black in Carolina. Like, Leaky's not a shooter. He knocked down two of them against Duke. Um, you know, he, he can make the wide open ones. So you just have to recover late. I just, I don't think that that Carolina can, you can take any of those guys out. Like, they're going to have to basically go 40 minutes. Like, Puff Johnson could come in and make some, make some hustle plays for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made those two huge free throws down the stretch against Duke. But but they don't get any scoring off their bench really at all, and that's a that's a difficulty. 
And Jay, I like Leaky Black because he, you know, he's my height at six eight with long arms, and so he can challenge late some of those Ochai Baji threes. I know Ochai's got, uh, <laughs> I mean, he gets that thing off pretty quickly and has a pretty high release point on that one. But I just, I just like the fact that he can get up and in guys. He can challenge late with the size, so I, I like him guarding. Uh, I like him in that matchup a little bit better than I like Caleb Love, but I absolutely agree with you. Caleb Love doesn't get it. He, he doesn't get enough credit for how big and actually physically strong he is. I think it's sneaky matchups jail uh, is Wilson and, uh, and Manic. Mm. Wilson's going to try to drive Manic and he get in foul trouble. Wilson's going to get to the offensive glass. Wilson's going to handle the ball out in the perimeter. I'm sure Manic will gap him some, I mean, you know, although you find you, we've been talking about how they've made it hard to reverse the ball some at times, more mm-hmm. of the guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, one thing about Brady Maddock, his high release point, goodness gracious, he's got a high release point. Uh, you know, do you stay home on, like, like is a key? You just got to, you know what, like, Ochai Baji, we're going to, I call it red deny or stay attached. You know, what's your game plan? You stay, if you stay attached to, to Brady Manic, that that just opens up the floor for RJ and and Caleb Love to turn the corner, and Caleb Love has a zillion different ways to finish. Yes. I mean, I mean, I, like like you like who does he remind you of? I mean, like his ability if you stay home on Manic, like he that floater he took, he made. Uh, I think Trevor Keels tried to step up and, and get a charge uh, when he started getting to go and got on that little run, and he just shot that little. He just stopped, boom, teardrop. And then he can take it into your body and take it away and move it around, which I always think littler guards has have to have. But if you if you read the nomadic, it just opens up the floor a little bit more, obviously for Love and Davis, don't you guys think? Yeah, but you're just giving up twos if if they decide to to exploit that. I'd rather take away Manix threes. Those are not only a higher value shot, but they're they're amazing momentum plays for them. And I'd rather have those guys taking it in and have to stop short or finish oversize. Um, and, and it's only a two, um, the, you know, they had 10 threes against Duke, but Kansas, you know, Kansas gave up some threes. I mean, Villanova is a, they, they shoot a lot of threes, uh, but both Villanova and Kansas had 13 threes in that game. So the, you're going to have to, I think you got to guard the line first. And if you give up some twos, you know, just make sure they're challenged and they got to finish over you. These are two teams where this this is about programs, not players. Like these two teams are programs. The the, the, the pieces fit. Like everyone champ. I, I, this is a game where everyone champions their role. Right? Like this, both teams do what they do well, uh, which I've reason that they're there. But do you uh, do you guys have have a, a feeling about you know, like any other thoughts really? It's just interesting to see a game like this where earlier in the season. So when we when we did game day at uh, Kansas, uh, Kentucky blew out Kansas while we were there. And we didn't walk away thinking, well, we'll see them Monday night playing for the national championship. (laughs) And then we went to Carolina and had game day there before they played Duke and Duke blew their doors off. And Carolina had their doors blown off a number of times at that point in the season. And I don't think any of us thought, well, we'll see Carolina playing for the national championship on Monday night, but it's a testament, I think, to the the players and, and the coaches that they, they kept plugging. And uh, I guess Bill Self said that that loss to Kentucky might've been the best thing that happened to him this year, but uh, it was just kind of sort of amazing that these two teams are here 
uh, and they've had an extraordinary path to get here. So I'm excited to see, see who wins it. You know, does Bill Self win his second or does Hubert win his first? Mm. Yeah, I'm just excited to see the pace. Uh, again, Kansas plays with such great pace. And Jay, alluded to, Jay said it earlier about the lack of bench depth coming from Carolina. Will that pace over a 40-minute game end up wearing down and wearing out North Carolina, given a tremendous advantage to Kansas. So I think this game will be played in the eighties. I'll be shocked if, if it's less than that. And uh, I can't, I, I just can't wait to, to, to take it in. Well, I'm, I'm excited about it. And of all the people saying that, you know, Hey, you know, Duke Carolina just took too much out of, out of Carolina. If Armando Baycott's healthy, I don't buy that. The one I thing I, I've watched all season long is a lesson in leadership by Uber Davis. I mean, I, I think the manner in which from whether whether it was the picture in the locker, the ability to navigate a rough start, teaching his team how to compete hard, the ability to put the ball in R.J. Davis's hands, his connection with his team, his calm and even leadership, yet fiercely, fiercely competitive, redefining playing hard. You know, it's funny, when we, when we had Hubert on last year in the studio for our Final Four championship game show, I walked away from that, and obviously you know, Jay, because you spent so many years with him, uh, and Fonz, you played against him. I knew he was a great player. I knew he was fiercely competitive. I walked away from that like, wow. And I'm walking away from this season in the exact same mindset. I'm like, this is no joke. And in the back of my mind, John Shire's got an out deal with it. He's got a great team coming in. Mm -hmm. Following Coach K, living up to the Duke great tradition, but also he could be following a guy that not only took his team to the final four in his first year as a head coach, but won a championship, which obviously expectation for all those guys when you're coaching Duke Carolina is so high. So I, I just can't wait. I think it's going to be a great environment. Let's face it. We can all celebrate being here. Now, Fonz for your first time, Jay, you've done it a zillion times and been here a zillion times, but after being away from it two years, uh, it's almost a little bit new and like for us just getting here today, it's going to, it's almost a little bit new in a way. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yes. Yes. Hey, so this final thing with me, just to give Hubert a bit more love. I mean, for them to transition from a two post big predicated on dominating you on the offensive glass to going a four out one in predicated on the ability to be able to shoot it and to struggle with that early and all the criticism that came along with it and yet stay the course and find himself on the precipice of winning the national title. He's done an incredible uh, coaching job and kudos to the kids for staying the course as well. I agree with you. And anytime you can use precipice in a, a podcast, doesn't get much better than that. I can't spell it though. <laughs> <laughs>